We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. Outside the blue door. He'll get the flyby. Three on the way, and he rattles it in. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough step back. Gets up the shot. Bakes it in for This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are coming to you live Sunday, March 27th. We're part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, the official podcast of SI Thunder. And I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. Got my guy, Justin Peabody, with me tonight. Hello, everybody. Liking that uh, that USA soccer shirt. You like that? Hey, there Three you go. Three qualified. Shout out to hey, Chelsea's very own wood. Silva, knock, Christian knock Pulisic. On knock on wood, knock Taylor. On wood. That's a good point. It's not We've done yet. Trick. We got Taylor Peterson along for the ride. I have my first kind of funny uh, dad story. If you guys want to hear it, or I can hold off. Yes. <laughs> Go for it. Yes. Okay. Um, so these days, as I'm sure Justin can relate, uh, we are doing much more laundry. AKA we're doing laundry every single morning because we go through about three to four different onesies. And that's that just either peas or yeah, that's, that's just me. That's just a new dad. <laughs> that Brooks either peas or throws up on. So anyways, we're doing our morning laundry this morning or it ended up being afternoon um, for like Brooks's stuff or whatever. And it gets done. And so since it's a Sunday, it's when I usually do my laundry. So we're done. I do my laundry. Uh, yeah, Matt Clarkson said Taylor is clearly new to following the U.S. men's national team, uh, basically. <laughs> um, so anyways, I'm doing my laundry or whatever, and I go outside, and I'm, like, doing some chores in between, you know, switching loads. And, like, I, I kind of smell something. I'm like, hmm, that's weird. Like, that, that smells really strong. That reminds me of the, the baby detergent. So I go back inside, and I, uh, you know, my first load's done, and I open up the cabinet, and I look, and there's only one uh, thing of the laundry detergent in there, and it was the newborn detergent. And uh, Justin can also relate to this. The newborn detergent is like free of dyes, all that stuff, supposed to be like safe on their skin, but a very, very uh, strong, distinct, uh, flowery smell. (laughs) So your boy is going to be going to work this week, (laughs) smelling like like a fresh newborn, smelling like a baby. So there (laughs) There you go. go. There you go. We've also got JD Silva along for the ride tonight. 
fellas. <laughs> oh, we have uh we've got a show to do. We've got some some tanking to talk about. I feel like that's gonna be the theme for the next few weeks. That wasn't the theme already for the previous few weeks of this show. Um yeah, let's just let's just go ahead and dive into it, gentlemen. First, let's take a th- week in Thunder review. They went one one and two this week, including one and one against the Orlando Magic. Justin, uh, I believe you had no, you did not have an Orlando post game. Nope. Yeah, the Silva <laughs> Silva no. had an Orlando post game, and then I can't remember who had the other one. But I'm going to ask you guys anyways. Justin, the two Orlando games this week. Were those the worst basketball games you've ever watched? <laughs> uh, it's very, very far up there. Uh, it was not enjoyable. If I wanted to introduce somebody to the sport of basketball and I showed them a Thunder Magic game, they'd probably like flip over immediately to something more thrilling like... Um, Equestrian, or hey, no F one F one racing is actually good. Cool. <laughs> I was trying to pick something that's boring. Sorry if you're like a big equestrian right fan, but um, yeah, just not fun. Not fun to watch. Terrible basketball. It was ugly. It was a grind. It was like watching um, a midseason meaningless G League game. Mm-hmm. It was very reminiscent reminiscent of uh some of those games like the last month or so of last season um mm-hmm. but they didn't do it quite as long as this season it seems like and then it also kind of reminds me of we call it the plague of egypt season where like perry jones yes. and kendrick perkins were running point guard um there's a couple games in there it got rough but i think the the worst for me was the 73 point loss to the grizzlies earlier this season yeah that, game that was, was the worst awful. basketball but this but, the, these two but were the, up the grizzlies played really good that game <laughs> That's yeah. That's These true. Orlando games, games. both yeah, both teams just god awful. Hats off to the Orlando Magic in that second game. Mo Bamba was like a plus twenty seven. <laughs> um, somehow Played Cole like Anthony was minutes. a positive. I'm, I'm people are going to catch strays on this episode. Just get ready. Here's the first <laughs> one. Cole Anthony is the ultimate green light on a bad team. Isn't a good player guy in the league. I feel 100%. very confident saying that. That dude is That's what, is the, that's not what the Thunder good. need. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's we, we need a guy like that to lose these damn. We games. have him. His name's Teo. It's supposed to be Teo, but he's hitting him right now. And Teo, yeah, no kidding. Teo's too afraid of the green light. The, the light turns green, and Teo stays at the intersection for like five seconds, still checking both ways <laughs> to make sure all traffic has stopped before he moves forward. Whereas Cole Anthony just never takes his foot off the gas pedal. He's it, uh, going through reds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cole, um, dude, not a fan of that guy. Not a fan of that guy. Anyway, so the Thunder go one and two. Um, they are nine and one in their last 10, the only one being that win against the Magic. And before the Denver game, which that is the game that Justin had the post game on, dangerously close Denver game. I don't know what the Thunder <laughs> do up in Colorado against the Denver Nuggets, but they keep it close every time. With the Nuggets, Nuggets come down to Oklahoma City. The Thunder win. They go up to Denver. They keep it real close. I was kind of on the edge of my seat last night. I was um, playing a game, plus watching the Thunder-Denver game with my fingers crossed that they'd miss some damn shots, uh, while also watching Paulo Bancaro and AJ Griffin play. Um, my attention was was that was more enjoyable. 
<laughs> AJ Griffin looked good last night. Well, we, we can talk about that whenever we get to the tank stuff. But um, an interesting update from Coach Mark Dagnalt before the Denver game. Silva, I believe we have those comments. If you could cue them up. Definitely. First one, Shay, out tonight. Um, we're going to have a conversation with him here in the next couple of days to just discuss the rest of the year because um, the game-to-game thing is not sustainable, you know, in terms of just in out uh, on a nightly basis. So we're obviously running out of games here to the end of the year. We'll sit down and talk with him. Uh, and when we have an update, we'll give it to you. Giddy, uh, we told you we'd update you, you know, around now. So he is progressing. He's making good progress with the hip. Um, but the, we're running out of time in terms of a ramp up. So he will be done for the year because by the time we do a return to play with him, and get them game ready. Uh, we're going to run out of games, and the, you know, we're just not going to be able to do that at this point. So uh, he won't play again, but is making good progress and and doing a nice job. Last one is Robinson Earl. Uh, he's getting close, so we are expecting him to play at some point. Uh, he's done a really really good job. It's obviously been a longer rehab for him. He's done a return to play and pretty close to the finish line on that. So we would expect to have him at some point here. All right, so update on three Thunder players. Taylor, I'm going to start with you first uh, with the first news. Well, I guess the second news that they dropped, the Josh Giddy information. Taylor, does it surprise you at all that they've officially announced they're shutting down Giddy for the rest of the season? Not at all, for on multiple fronts. Um, you know, I think a lot of, like, outside media, outside NBA fans or whatever who just like to get angry to be angry um, – Oh my gosh, the Thunder are tanking. They got to be stopped. Like, this is a legitimate injury, um, something that's been bothering Josh for a while. And obviously, in a season like this season, it, it's kind of rem- reminiscent of the um, a segment you had on one of your post games not too long ago, Jacob. And the position that Thunder find themselves in at this season, even if they weren't quote unquote tanking, it just doesn't make sense to bring a player like that back and risk an injury uh, that could, you know, make them have to sit out long-term into next season, you want them 100% to start the next season. So that doesn't surprise me at all. Also, uh, Nick brought up a good point in our Slack. He posted a picture here either last week or the week before of Giddy in New York very randomly on a random weeknight uh, when the Thunder had a game. And since then and before it was, then... It was Monday this week during the Celtics oh, game. But okay, okay. Yeah, the Celtics... Remember, Trey Mann while was he was there, he tweeted out something about, about Trey, Trey Mann. Mann. And he's been on the bench since then and was on the bench before then. It'd be very strange if uh, the Thunder just said, hey, Giddy, go up with your agent to New York and have a shopping day, personal day. Um, one could assume that he maybe was getting that hip checked out. And then all of a sudden this news you know, comes here you know, how, three, four days later. So no, it doesn't surprise me. And uh, it's good to hear that he's hopefully going to be 100%, uh, you know, assuming no setbacks. Yeah. Do you think that whenever they go to get one of those injuries checked out, it's it's like when you or I go to the doctor where they go to the waiting room, they have to sit around for a while, and then the doctor shows up? <laughs> I'd like to think there so. On like TikTok. Just like a giant six foot nine man chilling yeah. in the waiting can room. Can you step up on the scale so we can get your weight and your height, please? <laughs> and All right. I just imagine like some of the team doctors just awkwardly standing there the whole time. Dustin. <laughs> The first news that Dignot said was that Shea was out for the Denver game. We expected that. And that the team would have a conversation in the next couple of days with Shea regarding the rest of the season. I think the Thunder have, what is it like? I don't know. I'll have to look at the schedule here. Eight games. Uh, I have a pull. How many? Eight. Eight. 
there you go. They have eight games left. He said they're basically running out of time. The day-to-day designation isn't going to work out. Uh, they need to sit down and have a conversation with Shake Gilgis Alexander. Justin, what do you think that conversation is, and what do you think the result of that conversation is? Where are you going on vacay? And uh, <laughs> be sure to report me, back. Will on you this bring state. me a souvenir? <laughs> uh, I think. I think. I mean. I think that's the conversation. Is you know. Listen. I think we've done what we need to do. We've we've seen a lot from you this year. Let's focus on getting healthy. Start to head into off season mindset. You know, work on this, work on that, work on your body, uh, work on your three point shot, things like that. Um, I think they're they're going to transition him into off season mode. I'd be surprised if that conversation didn't happen this morning because I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, Shea was officially listed as out for tomorrow night's game, which is different than the probable, 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 or questionable. questionable sorry, yeah. questionable, questionable, and then out. He's just already out for tomorrow interesting i didn't see different. that i didn't see that either that's different yeah. and so i feel like that is a signal that okay maybe that conversation has been had i bet we get another update from dagnalt and i bet it is a similar thing of like yeah there's just not enough games left to get him ready so we're gonna do the same thing with, that we did with giddy so i have a thought and then a question i want to flip back to you three um it would be very strange, especially the way that this Thunder team operates and with their star player in SGA, who apparently is on the same page with where the franchise is at, yada, 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 for Dignall to just come out and say this in a presser that he knows is going to go public when he hasn't talked to Shea about this. So there had to be, even if it wasn't an official conversation, it would be very strange right. if they hadn't already talked about Shea being, that would be kind of weird if it got back to Shea, like, hey, we're going to have a, we, we kind of want to sit you the rest of the season. Right. Um, I, we know you want to play, sorry, and this is how I'm going to announce it. I don't, that's not the way the Thunder operates. That's not the relationship they have with Shea. I, I would assume they had already had that conversation. So my question for you all that I probably know the answer to, why would they come out with it this way? Is this kind of their way to not have to have an official announcement that Shea's out the rest of the season? I, that's that was my first impression i think was just to kind of so they wouldn't be asked about it anymore like hey don't ask about shay like he do we know what caused the ankle it's, it's an ankle right we don't do we yeah, know what he rolled it, it, he this? rolled it at some point i just okay, can't remember yeah. what game yeah i just don't, I don't think they want to be yeah yeah they i just don't think they want any more yeah. questions and and they want everyone to know they're like hey we are tanking and uh, this this has to happen <laughs> yeah it's a bit of setting the table yep. right we're not going to surprise you with anything. We're going to lead on to it. We're going to let you know, hey, we're about to have a conversation. This thing's about to happen. And then they're going to I, – I wouldn't be surprised, Mike, Mike honestly, if we if we get the the update tomorrow pregame yep. that, that Shea's been shut down for the season. And and Justin, I think what you just said about the, the injury report for tomorrow, already today saying Shea is out – um, I think that's that's some really good reading between the lines and context clues there that we can assume that conversation's happened already. Yep. Do you think if other injuries happen to the team, such as the injury Bayes currently has, do you think those could potentially just last the rest of the season? That's a good question. I, I talked a little bit about the Bayes injury on uh, last night's postgame pod after the Denver game. I It'll be interesting to see how they play it with Bayes. I will be shocked if Bayes plays tomorrow. Well, he's like already that, been listed as doubtful. Have you seen that, yeah. Justin? Yeah. So that, that same thing, a, a knee MRI, MRI, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So it just, same thing there. It's like these things aren't fake. And I think that's an important distinction to make. Like they are very real injuries. The Thunder are not just making stuff up. However, 
they're being very deliberate in how they manage the rehab and how they discuss it. And I think those two things can both be true. Um, I think you can, you can agree that they're managing it differently than if this team was in a different situation. With eight if they're games to for go, the, the seven or six seed, this is a different conversation entirely. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, absolutely. But so with especially it, with like the the Bay's knee, Justin. Like, what is the point in bringing him back in the last eight games? Let's say it's a strain. There's nothing torn. Everything is fine, but yeah. it's just a little bit of discomfort. What's the point? You're not going to learn anything from him that you haven't already learned. Yep. It's only eight games. Yep. You want to get a, a look, an extended look at some of these other guys, anyways, because you're going to have to make some roster decisions this summer. Yep. Like it is a real injury, but there is literally zero point in bringing him back in the final eight games. Mm-hmm. Agreed. It just wouldn't make make any sense at all. I bend to my head right now, which would be very dark but also probably get us good views on the youtube so um (laughs) gun to my head right now does Bayes play another game this season i'm saying no i think i agree i I wouldn't be shocked especially as cautious as they want yeah especially with that third tidbit of news um which is (laughs) silva you're you're the the third co-host tonight so you get the third bit of news (laughs) dignall said jeremiah robinson earl is progressing well from that. I believe it was a, a toe fracture, uh, a metatarsal fracture, which is, I feel so official saying the word metatarsal. It's a cool word. They said he will, they, they do expect him to play. Same song, different verse. Silva. what is the point in bring? I mean, I, we, we all assume he's not going to play tomorrow in Portland. So then you are looking at, um, the next game, I think that's a home game against Atlanta on Wednesday. That would be seven games left. What What are you going to learn? What's the point in bringing Jeremiah Robinson Earl back for seven or less games at the end of the season in the middle of a very clearly deliberate tank? I have two points. Point number one, and this is just, I just have to admit this to all three of you. I kind of forgot about JRE just in general. <laughs> yeah. Forgot that about is it. I was very like, oh, oh, Jeremiah. We have uh, that guy. We have that guy. <laughs> Uh, point number two, I think if our assumption is correct that Bayes doesn't play anymore, I think it would make more sense if Jerry came in. I don't think his impact is going to you know, dramatically change the outcome of a game or anything like that, so maybe he can soak up the minutes Bayes would have been playing. But I don't think there's too much of, of a benefit in general for bringing Jerry back. Like, I, don't know, I don't think you're going to learn anything else that you haven't seen. He played a lot this season. Um, Especially, I don't know what you see from JRE without having our best players there because JRE is a complimentary guy. I don't know what you what you want to see out of him playing next to Teo and Poku. Like, I don't know what you would get from that. Let me ask you guys this, and this is pure, absolutely pure speculation. I'm just spitballing, seeing what sticks to the wall. I know where you're I going. Ju- with I just this. told you guys they've got to make some roster decisions mm-hmm. this summer. You're bringing in some rookies. Is JRE a guy they need to take a look at to see if he's going to be on this roster next year? Or is it a little uh, showcasing time for Mr. JRE? Trying oh, to wow. That's a good point. Attach him to something yeah. at the kind draft. Of at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I forget what kind of contract I, he is on. I didn't think about that until you, it, it's it's not very much because he was a, what, a late first. Um, but I, that's, that's a good point that I hadn't really thought of, Jacob. As soon as you kind of alluded to it or kind of started uh, going down that path, I saw where you were going. 
that it, very fair point. Um, I agree with Silva. I think the only other thing I was going to add is like, you're not really going to learn anything more about him to your question, uh, question, Jacob. It's more so just like they were disappointed. He didn't get as many reps as he did. Um, they were very diligent and he was very diligent in his rehab. Um, they took it slow and he is already hundred percent. So let's throw him back out there. If there's no further risk for further injury and just get him more reps. Yeah. His cap. But I, I like your, yeah, yeah. I like your, his, uh, his your contract thoughts. is yeah his contract is interesting. He made two million this year. He will make two million next season. The following season he makes one point nine million, and it is a non guarantee. And then twenty four twenty five he will make essentially two million one point nine eight, and that one is a club option. So he's got a gar- a non guaranteed and a and a team friendly. option, back to back. That's that's kind of fascinating. So, um, we also talked about, we, we assume they're going to shut SGA down. Uh, I believe, uh, Justin, it was you that said, um, basically we, we've seen what we need to see. You, you've made your point. You've proven who you are. Uh, I just wanted to bring this stat up real quick since the all-star break, when Shay came back, was that an injury, an ankle injury as well that he was out for? I can't remember. That feels right. That those 10 yeah, games right before, before the, the, the all-star, all-star break. break. Well, he came I, back right after, sure. right after the All-Star break. Since the All-Star break, Shea has played 13 games. He has averaged 13.5 points on 54% from the field and 40% from three, 80% from the free throw line. He shot 8.5 free throws a game. He also chipped in six rebounds, 7.5 steal, assists, and nearly two steals a game. It's impressive. Also, I think he proved his remember, point. Do you guys yeah. remember who it was that tweeted this out about Basically, they were comparing the games that SGA has actually played for OKC um, throughout his three strange seasons. Um, ended early by either injury for two of them and COVID for one of them. I mean, he really hasn't. It might have been John Hamm. I don't know why. I, I can't find it. So maybe it wasn't him. But anyways, it was it was fascinating to, uh, to kind of put to perspective. He They're nearly really like hasn't 500. even played. Yeah, I was going to say he hasn't even really played two full seasons. Oh, of yes, I saw that. Oh, he, they're also like nearly 500 in games that he plays. Wow. Which so anyways, I mean, the, they could lead get, us down a rabbit right. hole of, of our <laughs> argument of can they really tank next season or not? We're not going to have right. that discussion tonight because I don't want to be here till midnight. <laughs> but I think all of this leads into um, some interesting developments of this team. And I wanted to break some of these down. So we're going to do it in game format, gentlemen. We're going to play a game called Real or Fake, where I am going to read off a Thunder stat um a a a line a quote something that has been happening with the OKC Thunder maybe very recently maybe it's a a longer amount of time and I want you to tell me is that thing real meaning like sustainable they're going to do it again next year or is that thing fake is it just a blip on the radar somebody's got to score the points this is a tanking team Nobody takes them seriously, so so-and-so can have a have a big night. All right? So we'll go in order. I'll ask one of you guys. You give us a an answer, real or fake, and then we'll spend a couple of moments on each one kind of debating how we feel. Justin, Love you it. are first up. No. <laughs> real or fake? Poku, in his last 10 games, is a plus 2.2. That means in the, in ten, in the 10 games, on average... The team is 2.2 points better with him on the court. He's shooting 43% from the field, 
And he's got a stat line of 12.6 points, seven rebounds, and three and a half assists. Justin, Poku's performance, is it real or is it fake? <laughs> this is going to hurt you more than it hurts me. That's what she said. <laughs> fake. It's oh, fake. It's no, fake. No. That was the it's hardest. Fake. I thought that was the hardest one. I'm so sorry. Oh. You know the the gif from X Files. I want to believe. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I want to believe. I want to believe this is real. I okay, want to t- believe. Tell us. Tell us how Poku... fake. How fake is it? Is it like McDonald's McChicken <laughs> nugget fake? <laughs> Or is it like someone's got a Louis bag and, and it's a knockoff, but I can't tell the difference and most people couldn't tell the difference fake? Oh, that's good. Um, See, I yeah, it's so hard. Of detail. <laughs> it, is, uh, it is like walking around the Paycom Center and uh, playing who's wearing the DH gate jersey uh, level of fake. Where I love that. I can tell. A lot of people can tell. A lot of people can't tell. Um, and I think that's that's where we are. You know, it, is okay. this a uh, $15 knockoff jersey where the uh, the collar is a little little wobbly? The stitching is not quite straight. Some of the uh, the letters are a little awkwardly cut, much like his hair. I think I think that might be what we're looking at with Poku. Um, I want it to be real so bad. But we've seen this movie before, right? Like the down the stretch of last season, everybody was all in on the Poku train. And starting this season, not so much. I would not be surprised to see a very similar story play out next year. That said, the reasons why it may not turn out exactly the same. We, we probably get Poku in Summer League this year. True. I say that now. I thought that last year. Um, who knows? A lot can happen, but I bet we get Poku in summer league. He seems more controlled. His, you know, high play last year was very different than his high play as right now. He's way more in control, way more restrained. He still airballs every game, but he's not, you know, quite as wild. So that that shows progress. Do I think Poku is averaging? 12.6 points, seven boards, and 3.4 assists during any significant part of the stretch next season? Absolutely, I do not. And that is why I'm saying fake. What if he grows his hair out like shoulder length? Did you yeah, see like Photoshop? Photoshop yes. picture? Yes. Oh, yeah, I did. It was so accurate. Uh, I will say, uh, I spent a good chunk of halftime last night trying to Photoshop like uh, a fade and waves onto Poku. <laughs> And I just, I eventually gave up. <laughs> didn't oh post it, but God. yeah, that's where Speaking my head was real at last fake. night. <laughs> Incredible. That one, I thought that was the hardest one on this list because I kind of think there's a little bit of both. Like the fake is a 12.6 points per game, seven rebounds, 3.4 assists. He's just not going to have that opportunity, I don't think, when the yep. full Thunder roster next season is intact and whatever limited role Poku has, he's just not going to have the opportunity. He's going to be part of the Slenderman front court. <laughs> As Kamir said, the, the boy in the striped pajamas. Uh, we're going to have, front court we're gonna have 14 feet and less than 40 pounds of lanky white boys <laughs> in the front court next season. The two towers. Uh, um, God, Justin, if they draft Chet, will you please Photoshop you the Lord of the Rings, the two towers? 
cover with their heads in college uh, in college my roommate was my same height we were both six seven and so come intramural basketball that was our that was the nickname for our front court was the the two towers (laughs) nice that's amazing but i do think the plus 2.2 in his last 10 like we know the, the the players we talked about this already that Poku's playing with like a lot of that is due to the impact that the positive impact that Poku's having. Justin talked a little bit about that on his post game last night Um, and the shooting 43%. Justin also talked about his efficiency and how that's been trending upwards. So I think some of that is real. I'm curious just to see again, to what extent uh, next season. I think it could be a plus player just in in general. I don't think he's going to get the volume to get those stats. No, I think maybe he can average like nine, four and two or three or something like that. You know, I don't think he's, I don't know if he's going to average over 10, uh, but I think it could be like an impactful player when he's out there, like kind of like a glue guy off the bench, which isn't what we were hoping when we drafted a guy that looks like <laughs> Poku, but <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on to the next one. Taylor real or fake in Teo Maladon's last six games. He's shooting 50% from the field and 38% from three fake um i was listening to mikey barra on his the podcast that he did about the game last night um and he mentioned like you know kind of the same conclusion that i had but for a different reason he was thinking it was more so you know Teo's stats have been better because he's he's had more opportunity doesn't have the pressure i think it's quite the opposite um but i come to the same conclusion and that i think there is a lot of pressure because Teo knows this is the only opportunity he's going to have with this mm-hmm. the amount of playing time he has to play well or he's not going to stick in the league i think he's playing with a lot of pressure and yet I don't think you can evaluate a player based off either of those reasons, right? It's going to be, you want to evaluate Teo mid season last year or mid season this year. Um, I, I don't think you want to evaluate him at either of those extremes. So I look at his stats, uh, field goal percentage, well, really his uh, field goal efficiency percentage, 45.4% from the floor uh, last season, 42.5 this season on well, that's not per game. That was total attempts. But now I was looking at his true shooting percentage, um, 48.9 last season, 48.5% this season. Like there's not, it, again, Taylor's a very steady player. There's not a lot of peaks and valleys with him. Um, I think this is kind of what you get with Teo. And I, uh, I I don't think his his this latest stretch of six games is sustainable. So I'm going fake for all those reasons. I agree. Even a broke clock is right twice a day. <laughs> Dang, man. <laughs> yeah. I think... The Thunder are going to have to make roster cuts this summer. Um, on my hierarchy of who I think is going to get cut or who's not going to be on this team, Teo's number two. Yeah. And that's just because Derek Favors is number one. <laughs> and that's just <laughs> like that sounds really shitty. I don't mean it to be like Derek no. Favors is the obvious one to get rid of. Right. Uh, but I think, I think Teo's right behind him. And I think Isaiah Roby is right behind him. I, I would not be surprised at all when those three guys are not on the roster yeah. next season. No, I agree. Thunder have a ton of draft picks. They got to make room somehow. Exactly. Yep. All right, next one. Silva, this one's for you. Ooh. Real or fake? Trey Mann is shooting 36.5% from three on seven attempts a game since the All-Star This break. is a fun one. I am leaning towards real, actually. Um, I think... Trey Mann, I've always believed in Trey Mann's shot. Um, I, he hasn't gotten very many super open shots this year. Um, but I, I think he is, in general, with with the amount of step backs he takes and, and the type of threes he normally takes, I think he's, for his career, I think he's going to hover right around 35 to 36 um, with a, while also taking a lot of them. So I, I think this is definitely sustainable uh, for Trey. 
Now, if if the team kind of transforms itself over the next couple of years and there's a ton of spacing on the floor alongside Trey, either off the bench or in the starting lineup, I think maybe it goes up even even higher than that. Not by a lot, but maybe maybe around 38. Uh, kind of like where where Shea has been on average, uh, but I believe it. I I, I believe in Trey Mann in general uh, as a scorer, and I think that percentage is real. Listen, my man's pumped his SoundCloud on national television on yes. draft night. He has never been afraid to shoot his shot, and uh, once he got his opportunity in the NBA, it's been no different. I think I think he is a he's a hooper, as the the youths say. He's a bucket getter, and I think it's just a bucket. Real. I just a bucket. getter on the end, just a <laughs> bucket getter, like his takeout food. That the, was so good. The dads, <laughs> you a bucket. I think that seven to ten is sustainable too, even next season. I really do. Yeah, I want, his, I want him to take that his lead. finishing is not very good. I think no. that's going to be like a major point of emphasis for him this off season. But yeah, I'm really excited for lineups that have he and Shay and Josh in them next year, where there's so much attention on Josh and Shay getting to the basket and defenses collapsing, where Trey is going to get open looks instead of those very difficult three point attempts, like Silva yes. was mentioning. I think that's going to be really good. Awesome. It's exciting. Justin, next one real or fake? Shay Gilgis Alexander being a minus 8.1 per game on average since the all-star break. That is a uh, faker than a uh, uh, beyond meat burger. <laughs> no offense to any of our vegetarians that listen to the show. <laughs> listen, you can't just like mush some peas together and call it a burger. That's just not fair. They do that uh, in the UK. But, Taco Bell meat. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> hey, listen. Uh, we we do not stand for Taco Bell slave. Hey, I love me some Taco I Bell. I love Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> um, clearly, uh, high quality opinions here. So here's the reason that that's fake. One, it's stupid and I hate it. Two, <laughs> you have to look at a larger sample size. And I think uh, I think Silva said this a little bit ago. Um, you know, they're nearly 500 in games that uh, that Shea plays over the course of his time with the Thunder, which has had some higher highs and some much, much lower lows than, you know, what we've seen out of him this season. If you look at those 10 games after All-Star break, there were some tough games in there. And I think you can't ignore that. Uh, they played Phoenix. They played Denver. Uh, Minnesota was playing hot Utah, Milwaukee, Minnesota, again, Memphis, like that's a serious slate of games. And so I'm sure the numbers didn't always, you know, net out in his favor, but I don't, I don't think you can deny what his value is on the court. Now, granted when he went out earlier in the season and they went on that like weird winning streak right after he went out, like that was stupid. That's just like one of those quirks of the season. Um, I don't think that says anything about SGA, and I, and that's how I feel about this stat as well. Did you guys see what uh, StatMuse tweeted earlier about the most thirty point games oh, and ended a loss? Yeah, yeah. Uh, most thirty point <laughs> games ended a loss. LeBron James has seventeen, SGA has sixteen, and no other player has more than nine. Palinka has tired. to be stopped. This tank job <laughs> is a black eye on the league. <laughs> yeah. When will he get um, tired of all the losing? I think. There's a, a stat muse got completely bodied. I yeah, yes, oh, I they know. did. They yes, had to literally did. turn their comments off, which was amazing. Yep. So 
you guys know how I feel about analytics. It's very, very important in this day and age in the NBA. I think you can rely on them a little too much to a fault. And I think there's podcasters who do that. I've never been one of those. As you guys know, I like to just kind of go off the top of the head. However, I'm going to be the analytical guy today and say, quote, um, plus minus is basically a team stat. And um, it I'm doesn't really, that. it's not indicative. I mean, it, and it makes a lot of sense when you think about SGA and the quality players he played with post all-star break. 100%. Uh, totally agree. And, and we know that single game plus minus is very noisy, right? I know this is not single game. This is an average over like 15 games, but still like you got to look at also what the team's goals and aspirations are. Um, but looking back at Shay's game logs over those games since the all-star break absurdity, dude. Just absolute absurdity. Points, 32, 36, 37, 29, Crazy. 33, 33, 33. Eight is the, is the lone outlier. 31, 32, 34, 26. I mean, dude is just insane. Absolutely, absolutely insane. All right, Taylor, you get the next real or fake. Trey Mann averaging 31 minutes per game since the All-Star break. Is that amount oh. of playing time for Trey real or fake? I'll go fast on this one. Unfortunately, I think it is fake for very similar reasons. A lot of players out. It does not make sense that Trey Mann would be playing 31 minutes per game. Um, if he is next season, that means somebody was traded away, like a Josh Giddy or something wild. Um, I just don't see it. Um, but I think a, a good minutes per game for Shea, for sorry for Trey next season, once guys like Shea getting everybody's back, probably to start the season, first part of the season, be around that 20-minute per game mark, and then hopefully – the hope would be to kind of see that trend upwards um, as he's playing more alongside those guys. Yeah. I mean, the guards on this team next year are going to be Shea, Josh, Trey. Kind of Lou, but like you could also say he's going to be more of a wing. Yeah. You. If he doesn't get traded. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There, there's a lot of guards on this team. They're going to have to do some sort of consolidation there. Um, I mean, Jaden Ivey. I actually, <laughs> we're we're not gonna go there. We're not I gonna know. Go. Anybody else have I have like have real or fake opinions on Trey Mann's points per game? I think thirty one's high. I think we're gonna see Minutes. it closer to eighteen next season. You said thirty one points per game, right? <laughs> oh, points. I'm sorry. Minutes. 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 Yeah, he's not gonna have thirty one. He's not gonna average thirty one next season. I'm thinking like twenty to twenty two. I think that's fair. 18, 20, 22, somewhere around there. Silva, real or fake? The Thunder are a top seven team in fewest fouls per game since the All-Star break. So when you look at all the teams in the league, how many times they're fouling per game, the Thunder are in the the seven fewest teams who foul per game. Is that real or is that fake? I think it's real because of how they're coached. Uh, They don't make a lot of, like, they don't make a lot of mental errors. Uh, as a team, I think they Mark always talks about like guys being in the right position, and I think part of that phrase involves not fouling the guy you're you're guarding. Um, so yeah, I'm not surprised by that at all. I think that'll continue to be a trend in years to come. Interesting, Justin. Taylor, you-, you guys have any thoughts on this? No, I I agree completely. Um, we talked about how it just almost doesn't make sense that the Thunder were for the majority of the season, not recently, uh, a top half defense in the league. At one point it was like what top five, top 10, something crazy. Anyways. Um, 
think a lot of that is due to it. It's not so much the personnel as much as it is, like Silva said, the uh, system they have in place. And I think that stat right there is a byproduct of it, um, as well as some of these others. I wonder how much like game um, situation or context plays into this, if that makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. if again, if the Thunder were in a different situation, does that look different? And, so, and it's hard to say because the Thunder have played so many close games, like the way more close games than their record would suggest. But I do, I do just wonder, like, it's one of those things. It's why it's a cliche about playoff basketball. Right. Of like, you know, the, the tone changes. I think when you are in, in that position where you're fighting for whatever, for your seating um, to, to advance in the playoffs, what have you, when you're in that situation, I think it makes you play differently. So I do kind of wonder how much that affects something like number of fouls per game. Did you guys well, see the, it's to that point. Did you guys see the, there was like some study that somebody did on basically referees in yes, the NBA. We talked about this, I think last week. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. what I was trying to remember. I think that maybe that's what it crappy was. refs basically. Right. So who knows? Maybe that plays a factor as well. Yeah. They aren't well, calling fouls. Yeah. And, and, and the flip side of that coin though, I think it's, I mean, I'd have to look at like some in-depth data on this, but I would imagine younger players foul disproportionately more than veteran players. Look how many young guys the Thunder play. Yeah. And they don't, they haven't fouled very much. So I, very good point. I mean, and this stat is since the All Star break when they've been playing guys like Vete Krejci and Olivier Saar. You know, it's not like they're playing these vets that are well seasoned and, know how to not get calls it's it's kind of interesting yep that's a really good point justin real or fake since the all-star break the thunder have been dead last in offensive rating is this something that's going to continue is this a, a real statistic for this team that's a hard one to answer if this team right now is next year's team then yes yes it will continue i think that is a real stat in reference to how this team is currently constructed However, I don't think next year's team is constructed the same way as this year's team. If you get better shooters on this team, I think that changes. If you get an actual center, I think that probably changes. I I think there's lots of things about this team that um, facilitate them being the worst uh, offensive team in the league. I think the injuries since All-Star break obviously play a factor. So you you have to take all of those things into context. So if we're talking about, um, you know, do I think the Thunder will be dead last in offensive rating next season? No, I do not. But I think that is more because of who they're going to bring in, be it the draft or otherwise. I think this team looks quite a bit different next season. And so I think that their offensive rating will reflect that. I love it. Summer's going to be fun for this team. Seeing how they put those pieces yep. together yep. to change that statistic. It's going to be a blast. Uh, gentlemen, let's do a tank update. But before we do that, let's take a quick moment to hear from our sponsors from tonight's show, including ourselves. What's up, Thunder fans? This is Jacob from the Uncontested Podcast. And I'm here to let you know that we have fully redesigned our merch store to get you the best Thunder swag available. Just visit cottonbureau.com and search the Uncontested Podcast to find all of our new designs. That's C-O-T-T-O-N 
B-U-R-E-A-U.com and search The Uncontested Podcast to find new drops like Josh Giddy's Wizard of Oz or an ode to the Trey Man Step Back. We've also got all the classics like Dortal Combat, Lu Tang Clan, and everyone's favorite MVP, Shea Gilgis Alexander. The best part? You can get any design and the style of apparel you want. So if you're gearing up for the summer and want a tank top, needing a hoodie for the winter in Australia, or you're wanting a Pokemon onesie for your baby, we've got you covered. Make sure to go to cottonbureau.com and search The Uncontested Podcast to get your new Thunder Gear today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Loser! You're a loser! And that means that the number one pick in the NBA draft goes to... All right, gentlemen. So what we've been building towards, this is our time to shine as a podcast. (laughs) It's the tank time. Lord have mercy, I'm about to bust. (laughs) All right. I wanted to spend a little bit tonight talking about all four draft picks that the Oklahoma City Thunder have in this upcoming NBA draft. Uh, And I want to talk about them in reverse order uh, because I think they're pretty easy to talk about those last three, and it's the, the top one that is the real point of contention. So the Thunder own their own second rounder, and we can assume that that pick is going to be either pick 33 or 34 because the second round has nothing to do with the lottery. The second round strictly goes in order of record. It's looking like the thunder are going to end with the fourth, maybe the third worst record in the league. We'll talk about that in a moment, but pick 33, 34 is a pretty valuable pick. Would you guys agree? Absolutely. Yeah. That's where they got Jeremiah Robinson Earl last season. So yeah. Next. They own the Phoenix Suns first round pick. Gentlemen, I think we're safe. I think we can write this one in in pen. It's going to be pick number 30. Pretty fair. Yeah, they're headed for 68 wins. <laughs> That's insane. insane. <laughs> Impressive. That's nuts. They've been so good. They and they Flirting beat Philly like the tonight. Of how yeah. many years ago? They've been if I if I made you guys guess right now, uh Phoenix or the field for the title. What are you taking? Mm. I've been Phoenix all season, I think. 
I'm probably taking the field just to play the odds. Yeah, but play the I, odds. Yeah. Yeah. I really like but, Phoenix. Yeah. I hope I, they win. I, I'll I be rooting really for Phoenix. Absolutely. Can I just, I, I pulled this up because I was curious um, really quick. A history of pick 30 in the NBA Ooh. draft. Oh, yeah. Because it's kind of fun, especially yeah. recent history. 2019, Kevin Porter Jr. Hmm. Amari Spellman in 2018. Josh Hart in 2017. Damian Jones, 2016. Kavon Looney, 2015. Kyle Anderson, 2014. Hmm. And then if you go back a little more, the the ones that stand out, Jimmy Butler, 2011. Yep. Anderson Verishow, Gilbert Arenas. It's not bad. Like it's not no. it's not bad, especially those those kind of like last five that I read or the most recent five, I should say. It's decent. You can get a real solid guy at this position. And so Definitely. it's not it's not nothing to have that pick from the Suns. It's a bit of a crapshoot, and it's also a lot of trusting your scouting. Hundred yep. percent. And this draft is kind of a crapshoot after you get out of that top mm-hmm. five or six, whatever you want to call it, really top four. I mean, so you could end up with a guy that when we're doing a redraft five seasons, six seasons from now that we're like, that guy should have gone top 10. Right. You yep. know, pick 30. Yeah. So I like that. That was fun, Justin. All right. The the next pick the Thunder own is the Los Angeles Clippers pick. And this one's an interesting one. They are far enough behind the Brooklyn Nets now that it looks like this pick will be at worst pick number 15. I don't think there's any chance they are passing Brooklyn in the standings in these last eight or nine games. I think Brooklyn has a three and a half game lead on them. Uh, actually, we have Tankathon up on the stream, so let's let's get it on the screen here. Yes. Um, the Clippers are currently three games behind uh, Charlotte. What the heck is going on here? Where did Brooklyn? That is go? weird. Where Brooklyn? Oh, oh Brooklyn and fell behind, but huh. that's okay. That's because Brooklyn is now the nine seed, and so this break mm. that that's what's going on there. Yeah. So the Clippers would have to win three more games, three games more than either Charlotte or Brooklyn to jump up to pick sixteen. I just don't think that's happening. There's just too few games left, so it's looking like that pick at worst is going to be pick fifteen. And then there's no Western Conference team that is close enough to them, uh, the Lakers or the Pelicans, to pass them and drop the seeding of the Clippers. So 15 is looking most likely. However, the Oklahoma City Thunder and the fans are hoping that the Clippers will lose two straight games in the play-in. That would make them miss, miss the playoffs and drop them to the play-in, or sorry, into the lottery if they lost both those play-in games. And as you can see on Tankathon, if the Clippers drop below that end of the lottery barrier at 16 wins, they immediately go down to pick 13. And there's a chance, depending on how some of those other playing games go, that it could even get down to pick number 12. So come, I, I don't know when those Pretty playing good. games are, April 12th, April 13th, something like that, because I think the season ends on the 10th. There are going to be a lot of fans of the Minnesota Timberwolves who will play the Clippers in that opening uh, play-in game. There's going to be a lot of Timberwolves fans in Oklahoma City, and if the Timberwolves pull it off, it will be the loser, as of right now, the loser of that Lakers-New Orleans series, that one-game series. Lakers-Clippers for all the marbles. Let's go. That would be (laughs) insane. 
crazy. Insane. We'll have a watch party if that happens. Yeah, if, oh, yeah. if, if it's a win or go home game for the Clippers and for that pick, we're meeting up somewhere in downtown OKC. And we're inviting everyone out with us. Yes. <laughs> What's fun is uh, looking at the history of the 15th pick. Compare this to the history of the 30th, and I would argue that the 30th is better in recent Mm. history. Interesting. 15th pick, 2019, Siku Siku Dimboya, Mm. 2018, Troy Brown, 2017, Mm. Justin Jackson, 2016, Juan Hernan Gomez, and 2015, Kelly Oubre. The two obvious, very, 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 very large exceptions, Giannis and Cole. Giannis, yeah. Yep. But yeah. like the, I didn't realize those are the exceptions to the rule. Yeah, don't get your hopes up, Thunder fans. Hey, Juan and uh, Gomez is making a movie with Adam Sandler. That counts for something. Hey, <laughs> that's yeah. right. There you go. It's a pretty cool right. trailer, <laughs> boys. To the important pick, the Oklahoma City Thunder's pick is currently the fourth best lottery odds. I've said that sentence so many damn times. Mm. <laughs> I've lost track. It's kind of insane. They've been in that position virtually all season. Here's the thing, though. Orlando, Houston, and Detroit, and we'll show you here on Tankathon if you're on the stream, all at 20 wins and 55 losses. The Thunder, only 21 wins. Now, the Thunder have played one less game than those other three. The Thunder will match them as far as total games played after they play in Portland tomorrow night. Should the Thunder lose in Portland, which is going to be a task because mm. the Portland Trailblazers <laughs> are playing guys that I have never heard of before. They're just picking up random dudes off the side of the street at this point. <laughs> if the Thunder can somehow lose to the Portland Trailblazers, they will be at 21 and 54 and only one game behind Detroit, Orlando, and Houston, who are all tied. So my question for you all, first one, which position will the Thunder end this season in? Are they do they will they have the best lottery odds, second best, third best, fourth best? I don't think there's any chance they slide to fifth at this point. They are too far ahead of the Indiana Pacers. Where do you guys see them landing at? Sticking to my guns and saying four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I tend to agree, but I hate it. Yep. I think there's a chance they can slide up. I just don't trust the other teams, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. it's less about what I think OKC will do and more about Detroit, Orlando and Houston. Well, Justin, and to that point, the Orlando Magic had the Sacramento Kings beat Saturday night. Uh-huh. Back oh, to my Cole exactly. Anthony slander. They're up two with 15 seconds left and Cole Anthony gets ripped in the backcourt and gives up a layup to tie the game. And then Orlando yeah. loses in overtime today. The Detroit Pistons give up a 7-0 run in the final three minutes of the game to the New York Knicks. Have it down to a two-point game with seven seconds left in the ball. Kate Cunningham gets ripped on the the go-ahead jumper to tie the game to push it to overtime. Right there at the precipice. But both teams end up pulling off the tank job and losing. Exactly. I will say that my nightmare scenario is like, Basically, what you see on Tankathon now, yes, where it's like Detroit, Orlando, and Houston are all, you know, within very much striking distance of the Thunder, but they're all tied, and the Thunder are the one left out in the cold in fourth. That would <laughs> well, just make me so mad. For that, five thirty-eight has updated their NBA projections, and when you sort it by record, 
Yes. They have the Rockets, Magic, and Pistons all tied at 22 and 60 at the end of the season. The Thunder at 23 and 59. I would die. Ugh. I would be I would so die. angry. <laughs> I would be so angry. Silva, I don't think we got your prediction. Damn it. <laughs> They're getting the third. Yes. Hey, someone has to, someone has to say I like it. Damn it. Someone. I am I like super it. worried. I'm, I wish they did not play Portland twice. I know. Port- Portland, I think, is just as bad as any of these teams ahead of OKC in their first standings. Yep. And I, I, was think thinking, I was thinking the same thing, hope, Your best hope is to split the Portland series. Agreed. Yep. Yeah. And, and then lose out. Lose to Detroit. And then lose out. Yeah. yeah. So my next question for you guys, if they were to jump one of these teams and get to the top three odds, which team do you think it is that they jump? Now, I'll give you those teams' schedules real quick because we can burn through them really fast because there's so few games left. The Pistons, they have the Nets, the Sixers twice, the Thunder, the Mavericks, the Bucks, and the Pacers left. Dang. Okay? I think the Pacers game is winnable for them. Yeah. The Thunder game is obviously winnable for them. Those other ones are difficult. Yep. The Brooklyn game is in Brooklyn. 76ers twice, Mavs and Bucks. When we look at Orlando's schedule, they have the Cavaliers who are fighting for their playoff lives. The Wizards haven't been great. The Raptors, the Knicks, the Cavs again, the Hornets and the Heat. Hmm. So maybe two winnables there in the Wizards uh, and the Knicks. Now this one is interesting. (laughs) This one is interesting. The Houston Rockets, who have won three out of their last four, their remaining schedule, Spurs, Kings, Kings, Wolves, Nets, Raptors, Hawks. They could easily win like three or four of those. Those next three games, Spurs, Kings, Kings. They'll have to tank hard. (laughs) I've never said anything bad about Shangoon. (laughs) <laughs> start shangoon i get him the ball the i maybe think detroit is the best chance for okc to jump because they still have one head-to-head matchup left which will come next friday yeah. april fool's night yep that's a good point but i might kind of take the houston rockets yep. agreed if Houston just, can beat yeah, the sacramento kings who also want to tank and drop below the indiana pacers yep yeah I was going to say the same thing. Like before you gave me those schedules, I would have said Detroit based off their last two games where they had been super close, super competitive. A couple of things go right and they win one of those last two games. Um, but with that schedule, I'm with you, Jacob. Ooh. I have it a dream scenario. I have a dream scenario I'm working on where one of those teams in the, in the top four of the East that are all separated by a half game want to finagle the standing somehow and kind of fix their matchup and they just – rest everyone against one of these teams in the last game of the season. That's what I want. That's familiar. Hits yeah. too close to home, Silva. I know. <laughs> Dude, Pull I'm the, telling uh, you. The Daniel Aturu special. Yeah. That season yeah. <laughs> finale game against the Clippers kind of scares the hell out of me. <laughs> Don't, yeah. Yep. Deja vu. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Um, so we've kind of broken down where we think the Thunder is going to land, what picks they're going to have. We got Tankathon pulled up. Let's do a sim. And then after we do the sim, let's uh let's fuck out like the first seven picks. You guys, you guys game? Even this stresses me out because I know we're only doing it once. <laughs> one spin. One spin to rule them all. 
Here we go. This spin oh puts Oklahoma City at pick number five. They just flip flop with Indiana. Oh, Indiana. So Killed let's gross. let's go ahead and mock it out. Detroit with the number one overall pick. Who do they take? Shaden Sharp. Done. <laughs> I think they probably take. I think it's pretty pretty clear they take Chet. Right. Chet. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Houston at pick number two is an interesting one. Who is Houston taking? It is, and I kind of think they take Paulo. Me too. I kind of think so as well. Yeah. He yes. is a Houston Rocket. Yeah, yes. Okay, they so were let's made for each other. Let's send Paulo Bancaro to Houston. Orlando is at pick three. Who are they? Houston taking? strip clubs would have their next James Harden. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Orlando taking at three? Is this one pretty pretty clearly Jabari Smith Jr. Jabari. Yes. Yes. Can I throw a wild card in? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Could, could Orlando be the crazy team in the top three that breaks the mold and takes Shaden yes. Sharp? Yeah, that's a good one too. Mm-hmm. Look at or how Jay many 90. big wings they have. Or J- that's so oh, it could be Jaden as well. Also, I mean the the amount of big they have. If Jonathan Isaac ever plays basketball again, they have Franz Wagner. They have Chumo Kiki. Like they have all these big wings. Maybe, maybe they don't go Jaden. Maybe they go fit and they try to get a guard. Kind of an explosive, smaller wing slash guard. So, who are we yeah. going with Orlando then? I, I feel like Jabari, like best player available at that point. I think it's I kind of think so Probably too. Jabari. Okay, yeah, I do then like let's send Jayden Jabari like to yeah. Orlando. Who does Indiana take? I think they take Ivy. If he's on the board. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Him and um, Halliburton. Is, isn't fun. Purdue fun. in Indiana? Yeah. Yes, it is. Oh, that's a good point. Too much yeah. sense. Makes there sense. Okay, so the top four off the board are gone. The Thunder are sitting there at pick number five. <laughs> this is where it gets fun because I think we're looking at potentially Shaden Sharp, AJ yeah. Griffin, Matherin. Yeah, and Math. I, I think Matherin's a Presty guy. Right? I've been thinking about that. Um, I, would I feel want pretty them good. To take Sharp. I feel pretty good about Sharp here. I would want yeah. them to take Sharp. I would feel. The I feel best. like they'll take somebody if, off the if, wall like Matherin here. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'll say Sharp here. this exercise. If oh they took gosh. Keegan Murray here, my stream on draft night will cut out and you guys will never see me again because I'll be dead. <laughs> <laughs> I will be You're a corpse. Screaming in the background. <laughs> Sharp is the highest ceiling pick there, that. right? Do I, it. I, I think that's not even close. Yeah, oh, Sharp, Sharp has the highest ceiling out of, out of the guys uh, yeah, there. And that's I'm with you. Yeah. All right. I think we collectively want Sharp. <laughs> Nobody yeah. knows what Presley will do. I've never, wa- I have not watched a minute of this guy play basketball, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, but I, I love him and I need have. him. Yeah, I love him. I need him. <laughs> but he's also <laughs> my favorite basketball player. Already ordered his jersey. <laughs> yeah. All right, gentlemen, let's uh, let's finish up the night with a trip around the association. I don't even know where you're sitting at. <laughs> <laughs> all right gentlemen three things for around the association tonight first off we have to mention it the miami heat heat culture baby nothing like that culture down in miami where apparently Jimmy Butler took offense to something that happened during a timeout in the middle of a game. 
he and Udonis Haslam had to be separated. Uh, Udonis Haslam apparently wanted to put his hands on Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler apparently wanted to put his hands on Eric Spolstra. You want to fight uh, me? Almost led to a physical altercation. Um, My favorite part is when Kyle Lowry looks like he doesn't know what the hell to do and calls for another timeout, (laughs) which I thought was hilarious. Things are not all rosy down in Miami. This scuffle, skurfuffle, whatever you want to call it, led me to thinking a little bit. And I want to ask you guys, besides Jimmy Butler, which NBA players are the most likely to try to pick a fight with their head coach in the middle of a game? And maybe more importantly, which head coaches are most likely to want that smoke and fight back? <laughs> I feel bad. I feel a little bit bad about saying this as a for a, a player. Is Kevin Porter Jr.? Is that That's obvious? number one on my list. Okay. Yep. Right. Taylor, you're also <laughs> muted, buddy. <laughs> you can throw in Christian Wood if you want. There we go. Thank I had you. the same thought with KPJ. I was just talking, talking yeah. to myself. That's a good one. I didn't think about that one. Um, I was torn between um, Demarcus Cousins and, mm-hmm. and uh, Draymond Green if he weren't with yeah. Steve Kerr. We saw him. We've seen him get physical with Steve yeah. Kerr. Before. Remember when he started a fight in the locker room in, in OKC yeah. that one time? Yes. Yes. I'm gonna go with Pat Bev. Oh, it that's a great one like, too. Yeah. Gremlins always want to fight. All right, I've got a <laughs> super easy one for Coach. If you guys have. Yes. Oh, Dude. Jason Kidd, one hundred and ten percent. Oh, yeah, that's really that's good. What I was gonna say, <laughs> <That's> really good. <laughs> that is a good one. Could well, you imagine somebody wanting to fight Greg Popovich? <laughs> a, that would be ridiculous. That'd B, be ridiculous. Greg Popovich would probably, probably beat their be, ass. Exactly. Yeah. If uh, yeah. Derek Fisher was still coaching in the league, he'd be yeah, a good that, candidate. That'd be, that'd be a good candidate. <laughs> is uh, Alvin he's Gentry already... still coaching the Kings? I feel like he's yeah, a candidate he for that. Ooh. He's got to be beyond Quinn his Quinn Snyder <laughs> feels like one, too. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Quinn Snyder, because he's crazy. Alvin yeah. Gentry, just because the Kings eventually wear you down enough to where you just have to fight. <laughs> hey, he, he said, if you guys are looking for me, I'll be at home drinking after a game <laughs> this season. <laughs> I love it. God damn. The Sacramento Kings breaking down the best of people. <laughs> yep. Tiz, right. because he's probably part of the mafia. Um, yeah. Next up, the top four seeds in the East are up for grabs down the stretch. Uh, seeds one and two are tied. Seeds three and four are half a game behind seed one. Um, this that I got that stat earlier today. I don't know if it's changed since games today. But of those four teams, which I do not have them pulled up, so let me do that real quick. That might be uh, important. That would be the Boston Celtics, the Miami Heat, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Philadelphia 76ers. Of those four teams, which of those four is most likely to get upset as a one seed? There's a chance they'll be playing Brooklyn in the 1-8 matchup, who has recently changed the... um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The the protocols yeah. on their COVID-19 vaccine. So it looks like Kyrie will be able to play. Which of those four seed, four teams competing for the East number one seed is most likely to face an upset? This one's pretty easy for me. Say Let's it. hear it. I, I think it's almost mm-hmm. obvious it's 76ers. Mm-hmm. Any team with James Harden... <laughs> This season, okay. last season, that was my first thought too. They, uh, I'm trying to see, they are six and four uh, of their last games. Four and six. I, I mean, the Heat now are four and six. I just full body of work. He have had a solid season. Uh, there's been way too much turmoil within the 76ers. 
They still haven't really gelled all that much since Harden's been back. Harden's still battling some injuries. Embiid's always, you know, prone to injuries. I think it's the 76ers. I'm going to say the Heat because of said turmoil. Like, yeah. you don't get um, you don't get hit with an Andre Drummond peace sign and come back to see another day. Like <laughs> that's that, a fair point. That's, that's degrading. Funny. And I think that, yeah, they've had a great season and they, they've spent a long time at the top of the standings, but it feels like the cracks are coming in. And uh, unlike Encanto, I'm not sure a hug can uh, turn this thing around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking uh, Philadelphia as well. Uh, I think James Harden was two for 11 tonight against Phoenix. I just don't, I don't, I'm not really a believer in James Harden when it comes to the playoffs, at least. Maybe he's hurt, but I don't know if I can make any excuses for him after the way he forced his way out of Brooklyn. Yeah, I, I think those, those two teams, both the 76ers and the Miami Heat are, are the top contenders there. I'm ready to go out on a limb, guys. I think the Boston Celtics might be in the finals. Woo-hoo. I've been thinking that today, too. I like it. They blew they, everybody they, out. Time Lord got hurt today. Yeah, that sucks. So that's going to play a huge role. They're legit, and they're you peaking at just the, the right time. Oop, dude, so good. They're awesome. They're so good. Yeah. All right, last one for you guys for around the association. The bottom of the West play-in is super competitive between teams at nine, ten, and eleven. Um, actually. This flipped tonight as the New Orleans Pelicans beat the Los Angeles Lakers. So the Pelicans are at 32 and 43. The Lakers are at 31 and 43. And the San Antonio Spurs at 30 and 44. So my question for you guys, because the Portland Trailblazers are clearly tanking um, and the Clippers are way too far ahead. So these three teams are on an island, the Pelicans, the Lakers, and the Spurs. 9 and 10 will play each other in the play-in tournament. 11 is left out. Give me those three seeds in the West, 9, 10, 11, in order after the last day of the season. What do you got? <laughs> Pelicans are five and five of, their, of in their last 10, of their last 10. Uh, Lakers three and seven, Spurs six and four. Like, yikes. I really want to say the Lakers are the ones left out. Pelicans stay at nine, Spurs slide up to 10. Lakers have a really difficult schedule coming out. They play Dallas, Utah, oh, New Orleans, Denver, oh, Phoenix, oh, Golden oh, State, Denver. Oh my gosh. Like <laughs> I keep saying this. I've said it all season, like, you know, eventually the Lakers just have enough talent. They'll yeah. make it to the play in. They'll fight their way out of the play in. And then maybe they lose in the first round, but they're at least going to get to the playoffs. But I, I don't believe that anymore. And, and based off what Silva just rattled off, like that, that's, that's a really tough. good point. I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go ahead and put it on record. I, I'm changing course from, what I said preseason and all season Pelicans nine Spurs 10 Lakers just are ready to get the season over with. Yeah. I think I'm going to stick, uh, stick with what it is now. I'm going to say Pelicans okay. nine yeah. Lakers, 10 Spurs 11 because of what you just said, Taylor, I think the Lakers will have enough in them to win one of those games. They shouldn't win. They're probably going to lose more than one that they should win. Yeah. Um, and I, I think you're going to see like, like that Lakers Warriors game a few weeks back where it was just like, you know, what was that? Uh, LeBron put in 60, 50 yeah. something. Yep. Yeah. Like you're going to get hard some to of bet that. against LeBron. You're going to get some of that down the stretch 
probably get a really good like Russell Westbrook game out of there too. I think they sneak in. What happens from there, I'm not responsible for, but I think they sneak in. I will be hoping they sneak in. <laughs> I think uh, if I had to choose, probably going. We're we talking. I'm looking at the standings again right now. Nine, ten, eleven. Yeah. Probably go Lakers, Spurs, Pelicans. Ooh. Oh. The Lakers are somehow going to do it also. And Pelicans fall out. Yep. I think so. I like that. Even though they came back down 20, the Lakers were leading by 20 and a half, and they somehow Crazy. came back and beat the Lakers. But is the, only, is the only matchup between these three that, that last Lakers Pelicans game? Because mm, I know the Lakers don't play the Spurs. I think that's so it, that though. one I think will will be infinitely important into this yep. lineup. You know what? I'm going to say it stays like it is now. Pelicans, Lakers, Spurs. Yep. That means the Lakers will, will have to go into New Orleans to win a play-in game to probably return back to L.A. to play another play-in game against the Clippers. What a Battle at the, the Crypto Center. Crazy. Oh yeah. my gosh! And the Timberwolves, the Timberwolves. I, I sometimes I forget how the plan works. Timberwolves will play the Clippers first, and right? the winner of that game gets the seventh seed. Okay. Yep. Cool. Timberwolves been good, man. All right, yeah, they have, they have. gentlemen. Anything else tonight before we log off of here? What's the week week ahead look like again? I'm trying to remember. Portland, Atlanta. Yep. Detroit. Yep. Detroit on Friday. Okay, Detroit on April Fool's Day. I don't know how I feel about that. Some weird energy. (laughs) Good point. Gonna be be a good one. (laughs) Battle of the tanks on April Fool's. Yeah. All right. Well, Silva. There we go. Hey, thank you guys so much for joining the show tonight. We really appreciate you. If you're on the live stream, thanks so much. We enjoy seeing all the comments over there. And if you are listening to this on your podcast platform of choice, please make sure to subscribe. Drop that five-star rating. It would mean a ton to us. Check out CottonBureau.com to get your Thunder-themed uncontested shirt. And join us again tomorrow night right here on YouTube. Late stream as I will be with you breaking down the Thunder versus Portland game. That one doesn't tip off till 9 p.m. Central Time. So we'll have a late night together. It'll be a fun one. Come hang. The vibes will be immaculate. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Enjoy the beginning of your week. Until then, and as always, you're up.